airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for joining us. Of course, we appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, mm-hmm. and we appreciate her having gotten our guest on uh, today. I want to give a just a quick disclaimer before we get into the topic of discussion. I understand that some of what we may discuss today may be a little bit unsettling and a little bit um, disturbing for some of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I want to say uh, use caution as you're listening, especially if you're listening maybe with a younger audience or, um, you know, you just kind of are easily upset. We are going to talk about a practice um, that is something we should all be aware of that happens still in this country. It's going to mm. be hard to believe once we get into discussing what is going on. And um, this has come to our attention again. We've talked about this before on Aaron the Addisons. We've done it on the morning show, but we have not yet talked about it um, middays here. Mm-hmm. And it is important enough that we keep this in the forefront of um, our listeners' minds, understanding that these are the kinds of things that are happening in this country that um, would be easy to ignore. You know, it would yeah. be easy to pretend that it's it's not happening, but in fact it is. And so I just want to put that disclaimer in place uh, and just caution you to to listen carefully and to also, you know, pay attention to who's listening with you, um, because right. I am going to ask some questions that may not be suitable for younger listeners. So um, having said that, I want to get into the discussion uh, because this this hits close to home. Uh, we live in the state of Mississippi. And Mississippi had an opportunity to put an end to the practice that we're going to discuss today and failed to do that. But before we talk specifically about Mississippi, and there are other states who also don't have protections in place for women. um, But before we talk about Mississippi, I want to kind of pan out and look big picture. I know that for some of our listening audience, this is going to be the first time that they're hearing a discussion on the topic of female genital mutilation. And uh, we'll shorten it to FGM and and maybe every now and again kind of circle back to saying what it actually is so that Mm -hmm. we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. But joining us to discuss this today is Liz Yore, who is an attorney and child advocacy expert and head of the new initiative in FGM today. And uh, she's going to talk to us about what this practice is, why it should be alarming and how there are many more states that need to follow. Um, I want to say like 38 other states in our country that have outlawed this practice. So anyway, Liz, thank you so much for joining us again. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Mickey. It's a delight to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about an important issue. Yeah, it is an important issue. And it's one that I think not many people are familiar with. This is one of those things that Um, You need an advocate. You need someone to speak out on behalf of those who are adversely um, affected by the practice that we're going to discuss today. So let's kind of um, pan out and give a big picture kind of look at what 
uh, female genital mutilation is. And um, we'll just kind of carefully try to help our audience understand what we're talking about today. Sure. Um, this, this brutal procedure really didn't start surfacing in the United States until about the um, 1990s. You know, and I've been involved in every imaginable phase of child protection from abduction and missing kids to abuse and neglect. And although I had heard about it, I had said to myself, well, thank God we don't have that in the United States. When I was Mm -hmm. dealing with abducted children who were being abducted by their fathers back to the Middle East, um, the moms here in the United States would say, my daughter is at risk of FGM. And that's when I heard it, thought, oh, my God. You know, that, you know, that's an ancient, horrible, brutal practice that has been around for literally millennial in various states in Asia, countries in Asia, and in Africa. It has driven largely, it's both a cultural and religious scene in Islam, and it's, you know, I'll be, you know, very delicate about it. It is a procedure done on girls from 3 to age 12, mm-hmm. um, and... It is a ritual, brutal ritual, that um, mutilates the girl's genitals so that she has no feeling um, as a woman enjoying sex. And the purpose is, quote-unquote, a cleansing ritual. And what the World Health Organization, as well as the UN and UNICEF, have found is 200 million girls and women are at risk of this procedure and practice is done without anesthesia. Hmm. I mean, which is unimaginable. It causes lifelong problems, and there is absolutely no health benefit whatsoever. Women um, claim, and we know they have all sorts of um, gynecological problems, go well into adulthood because of this horrible procedure. Um, They have tremendous trauma lasting a lifetime because of this procedure. And yet, let me just give you a snapshot. In the country of Somalia, to this day, 97% of gir- little girls undergo this procedure. Wow. wow. And, and Will and Mickey, what we found is that, unfortunately, as we have immigrants coming from these FGM-practicing countries, mm-hmm. they are importing... this procedure into the United States. Mm. And, you know, here in the United States, we tell immigrants, you must come, obey our laws, embrace our values, and and protect children. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. one -hmm. one of many of our goals, and enjoy the freedoms that we have in this country. And so we have 38 states that have outlawed thank God, this brutal procedure. But there are 12 states that are remaining. And, you know, in people, like, you know, like domestic violence 25 years ago, people had their head in the stands, oh, it doesn't happen in my community, it doesn't happen in this suburb, oh, I haven't seen it, so it couldn't be happening. Well, the same kind of discussion and denial is happening about FGM. And the um, CDC in the United States, has done a number of studies. The latest study, which is now about five years old, so we anticipate it's much a much larger sample, is that over 513,000 women and girls in the United States are at risk of FGM. So wow. it is a growing, and it's much like the underground 
um, human trafficking. It's covert. It's mm-hmm. mothers taking their little girls. Um, unwittingly, these little girls don't know what's happening. They don't tell them. Um, to they may cross state lines um, to take them to a cutter, and um, it may be done within their particular community. Mm-hmm. But um, it is, and they're told to be quiet about it, to be silent about it. And you know, as a as a child advocate, I view it plain and simple as this is child abuse. Yeah. yeah. And we need to look at it as a vicious, brutal, physical assault on a child. Mm. And um, we can't look at it as a religious practice. You know, in in our country, um, there have been cults that have you know sexually abused children. And we didn't say, oh, we respect your freedom of religion right sexual abuse. right no we didn't that's where we draw the line right we mm-hmm. say no no yeah no freedom of religion goes up to this point you cannot hurt children sexually abuse them or do untold damage to them in the name of religion mm-hmm. and so too we look at at this this practice that is ancient um that is happening all around the world and we are saying to immigrants if you come to the united states you must realize this is a crime in 38 states. We're looking mm-hmm. to make it a crime in Mississippi as well as the remaining um, 12 states. And you must you must um, practice um, procedures that do not hurt children. Liz, yes. let me just jump in with a question here just at, at this point for clarification because – There are people, and you may or may not be aware of this, and this may come up as a topic, um, I don't know, as a a point of contention. There are people who would be listening to this and and still trying to wrap their brains around Mm -hmm. what you're describing and what you're talking about. And I think what may come to mind for them is circumcision. And so they would say, so that is a cultural practice. That is, for some, a religious Mm -hmm. practice. And we do not outlaw that in the United States could you describe how sure. carefully this is different from that practice? Well, a couple things. Number one, um, circumcision, there you know, arguably are health benefits to it. Number two, um, it doesn't cause lifelong urological problems for mm-hmm. men. Um, right. so, and there is no trauma associated to it. This, this procedure of FGM, they have four different types. Each one is more heinous than the rest, including oh. literal, literally sewing up little girls. And um, so you can imagine in giving birth and all sorts of other problems, you know, just the, the horrible pain, suffering, and complications that result from this. Mm-hmm. So this is, not, this is not female circumcision. This okay. is a um, destruction, intentional destruction, eradication of um, sexual pleasure by the um, cutting out of sexual organs um, on little girls. Mm. And so um, that's not done with male circumcision. And um, this is, this is um, essentially the argument in ancient cultures. And then um, also in Islam is that this procedure will keep a woman um, faithful to her husband and um, pure, you know, for the rest of her life. So, I mean, it's, it's absurd, um, and there is a growing body of uh, laws 
as well as literature, research regarding how dangerous this procedure mm-hmm. is on little girls. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of the untold secret that is yeah. out there. And because it's, it's done in secret, everybody's told and sworn to secrecy, including the little girls, that it's, it's difficult um, to, you know, to find out about it. But this is, this is, you know, when we pass domestic violence laws, when we pass human trafficking laws, what did we do? We gave women um, the ability to be empowered, to say no. And mm-hmm. so, too, with these, these laws, these FGM laws, we're getting these largely immigrant populations and communities, these women, the ability to say no. I don't want to go to jail. No, this is against the law in this new Mm -hmm. country that I live in. So it's not about, quote-unquote, punishing immigrants or anti-immigrants. I believe it is pro-child and it's very much pro-women and, and frankly, Mm -hmm. pro-men. So, but it's it's something that we have to take seriously that is happening in our state. I mean, for example, you know, each state... Um, has been configured with a certain amount of victims um, that, based on a population, you know, there there are states like um, Maine that have a huge Somali population, mm-hmm. and we know that it's happening in Maine in the United States because mm-hmm. they're continuing this population. Um, so, to ninety-seven percent of women and girls in Egypt undergo this procedure. Wow. Wow. So look at your look at your population of um, immigrants in each state, and you can determine um, how what percentage are coming from FGM uh, pr- practicing uh, countries, and it's happening yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that has always stood out to me about this, Liz, um, when I was first made aware of this and, and and read about it, is that what it does as a Christian when I look at this. I see women being objectified, just turned into objects of sexual pleasure for men, which is not at all what God intended. And I think as believers, this makes us uncomfortable to talk about, but it is something that we have to talk about. There is no basis. There is no moral basis for, um, you know, turning a woman just into a man's object of pleasure where it's just all about this man and what his needs are. And that is a part of what this practice does. I I know that we have more to discuss, Liz. If you could just hang over and come back on the other side of this break, um, because I want to turn our focus to Mississippi, uh, how we missed an opportunity in Mississippi, but we're not the only state that um, keeps missing opportunities. So we'll talk more about this. Liz, Yor is our guest. We're talking about ending FGM um, today. So stay right there. We'll be right back. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as defender, Francesca Battistelli. And again, just as a reminder, we are discussing a topic that is very sensitive. And so if you've got younger listeners, um, those for whom it might be difficult to explain what we're talking about or for them to conceptualize or you just feel like they're not at the point where they're ready to understand this, um, then I would I would suggest maybe not listening to today's show uh, using great caution. But this is a topic that we have to discuss. We're talking about uh, female genital mutilation, uh, FGM. 
uh, which if you can imagine is still a practice that is taking place in the United States of America, uh, uh, dehumanizes women, in my opinion, turns them into objects of pleasure. Um, it, it is there is no moral basis for what this practice does mm -hmm. uh, to a woman, uh, the type of trauma that she suffers as a result of this. Um, our guest today is Liz Yore, who has spent 30 years in legal child advocacy. She was also general counsel at the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services for eight years and the general counsel at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. She serves today as the head of the new initiative End FGM Today. And that's what we're talking about. This hits close to home for us because we are Mississippi residents and Mississippi, our state, had an opportunity to end FGM, and uh, and we didn't do it, Liz. What happened? Well, uh, for the second time, um, in now in two years, uh, Senate Bill, Bill two, 2075 uh, died in committee, and it was not voted out of committee, and um, along with that, the hopes of women and girls to be protected um, from FGM in Mississippi. I'm hoping, Maggie, that the third time is the charm. Uh, mm -hmm. We know from stats that clearly at least um, at least 500 to 1,000 women and girls are at risk in Mississippi of this procedure. Um, it is essential. You know, and I've seen this throughout my career. The children protection statutes end up dying in committee, do not get the priority they deserve. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, you know, when kids um, suffer or act out, we have, you know, Society is an, all in an outrage. We need to protect children and families and women mm -hmm. from this procedure, and it's the law that does it. And, you mm -hmm. know, you can't just say, oh, we have child abuse laws. You know, this certainly falls under child abuse. No, nope. because what police, what social workers, what psychiatrists and, and psychologists and nurses in hospital emergency rooms, they go down the list of child abuse crimes. If they don't see female genital, genital mutilation, they don't call the police. They don't charge uh, the perpetrators. It needs to be spelled out in the law yeah. so that people understand that it is a crime. And although there's been sponsors of the bill and the bill has moved, it's dropped dead in the water mm. in committee. And, you know, I really would urge um, the, the citizens of Mississippi to call their legislators and to really um, get this bill back on track, um, get it voted um, and pass it positively so that, so that frankly, Mississippi can join Alabama and Kentucky um, as, as, as states who have outlawed FGM. Um, because it, it really makes us appear, when we don't have all 50 states on board, it makes us look like a third world country. Mm. And in mm. third world states, frankly, yeah. that aren't protecting children. So um, it's unbelievable. We're we're hoping that a t a tough, a strong law gets passed in Mississippi. We'll be back, you know, when it's working its way through the Mississippi legislature to really um, put a full court press um, to do this for the children of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. okay. So, mm -hmm. so Liz, help me to understand this because, and I know we talked about it a little bit, but is the main reason because I can't even imagine for the life of me why why this would not, you know, uh, why this would die, you know, not make so, it out, of not committee. make it out yeah. of committee. So, is it because of religious beliefs 
that they're kind of staying away from this or they just don't believe it's happening? Because that it, it seems like an easy thing to put through and to say, let's vote yeah. for this. Let's get this, you know, done. Because I agree. I, I don't I understand why. Well. well, well, I think there's, you know, depending on the state, there's a range of issues. We had, for example, um, in some states, it's a bipartisan issue, right? That, you know, other states, it's, it's strictly the Democrats who have been battle won't pass this law. But I think what's what's going on, depending on the state, part of it's denial. It's not happening in our state. Mm. Um, and if we pass a law, then we have to acknowledge that it is happening in our state. Mm-hmm. And uh, and others say, oh, this is an anti-immigrant bill. Uh, um, okay. Both, you know, both of which mm. are not looking out for children mm-hmm. and protecting children. Yeah. Because once this procedure is done, there's no going back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little girl's life is ruined forever. Yeah. And so the urgency is present so strongly to pass this law as quickly as you can. Get mm-hmm. it on the books and start prosecuting, God forbid, anybody who does um, hurt these children mm-hmm. and practice FGM. They're out there. I know they're out there. Mm-hmm. I've talked to victims, and um, we just have to open our eyes and recognize. Now, for example, if if people were saying uh, um, a child bride at the age of 12, we marry off 12-year-olds um, because that's part of our religion. Is that okay? Um, Come just, on, do we right. Bury our, yeah, do we bury our head in the sand and say, oh, it's not happening? Mm-hmm. Our right, right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we have to draw the line. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so to to me, whatever the motivation for killing this, whether it's laziness, whether it's not happening, it's not a priority. I'm here to say it is a priority and it Mm -hmm. is happening. Now, are there documented cases of FGM happening in Mississippi to speak of? Do we know um, that it has already taken place in our state? I mean, I would imagine that it has. Well, the difficulty is, is because this is a hidden crime, mm, okay. and and it is performed within a religious community mm. that is um, told to keep quiet about it because they know that it is you know, viewed as criminal as as a um, as a horrible crime that is something that is not part of our values in America. So it is very sub rosa. It's under the ground. So it's very difficult. Plus, plus, you know, doctors will say this, but if they don't see that it is a crime, they will they will say, "Oh, I don't want to get involved in you know, I you know, I, this is something that you know is if it's not spelled out in black and white as a crime, mm-hmm. people tend not to get involved. It's wow. a tragedy, but but we know it, right? They they look the other way if they see child abuse. They look the other way if they see domestic violence. I don't want to get involved. Um, so evermore, the reason we're convinced because of, of the studies done by the CDC, by the UN, that if um, immigrants are coming from FGM countries, they are continuing this practice in their new homeland, mm, whether it's the United yeah. States, whether it's Britain, whether it's Canada. All, wow. all these countries that have this huge influx of um, immigrants from FGM countries, there is a huge uptick in FGM cases. 
Um, we don't even have an FGM hotline in the United States. So there's a lot of work to be done. And I've been in child, child advocacy long enough to know, you know, I remember when there was no hotline for missing children. I re- you know, I remember when there were no laws on the books for child pornography, no laws on the books for human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it was denial, or oh, it's not happening here, or I don't want to see it. And so gradually, as people become more enlightened, we see that laws are here to protect the vulnerable. Yes. And yes. so that's, that's the nature of this, unfortunately, new crime. It's a new crime. It's much like when we didn't have the Internet, we didn't have child pornography um, transmission through the Internet. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's one of the fastest growing crimes in the world. So it's a reality that we have to deal with based on, you know, people coming to this country from FGM uh, practicing countries. No, this is good. You know, I mean, because I'm I'm listening to you, Liz, and I'm thinking, you know, there are some states that will take people's kids away from them because they want to homeschool them. And, uh, yes. and we allow, yes. you know what I mean? For, yes, for I little girls I to have their bodies mutilated. It just, it does not compute. I know. Um, I know. How can our listeners learn more about this and find out where their state actually stands on, sure. on FGM? They can, they can go to um, endfgmtoday.com. That's our website. That's our website. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, there's also another website, um, the AHA, A-H-A Foundation, where there is a national map. You can clip on um, Mississippi. Mississippi gets an F, a big mm. fat F, because there are no laws. <laughs> um, but wow. it also talks about um, the number of women and children at risk in Mississippi. You can see the entire country where the strong states are and where we need a lot of work. Yeah, Liz, awesome. thank you so much. I, you. I appreciate you taking this time out to educate us, to inform us, make sure that we care about what's going on. Right. And I would um, just direct our listeners to go to endfgmtoday.com, endfgmtoday.com. You can also do a search for um, AHA, A-H-A uh, Foundation, the A-H-A Foundation. And I, I guess they'd be able to find it that way, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate you bringing this to everybody's attention. You Thank bet. You so God much. bless you. Um, you know, the thing that stands out as well, you know, when you when you look at all of this, uh, as I already said, you know, we can have our kids taken away mm-hmm. uh, in some states because we want to homeschool them. Right. Yeah. Like it's you know, that's it's illegal. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. You have to put your kid here. You have to do that. Uh, and I say illegal and, and quoting fingers. Right. Um, but at the same time. We are still having a discussion as to whether or not it is legal to um, mutilate a young girl's body like to, you know, wow. in this country. It just it does not I, make sense. I didn't know that was really happening like that. I, I yeah. really didn't you know, know how widespread. But I can understand what she was saying, like, you know, where it's practiced in other places. They're mm-hmm. bringing the same things over here and, and, and it's growing. So, man. yeah. 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 I mean, you know, one of the things, too, I, I learned about this as looking into this. This bill was introduced by Senator Angela Hill or Angela Burks Hill, mm-hmm. who's a friend of this show and uh, and AFA. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, Angela goes to Senator Hill, goes to bat mm-hmm. um, for the truth and for what yeah. is right and That's for right. what is moral and what is upstanding. And it's just amazing. I thought it was such a great question that you had about 
um, why this would not make it out of committee in right. Mississippi. You would think, you know, it continues to surprise me that some of the quote unquote conservative states can still be lagging behind and what to me seems like no brainer legislation. Yeah, I know. You know, it's amazing. I, I just I don't really I don't really understand that. Um, yeah. I will say this. We've got um, a radio presence in a few states that still have no protection for girls uh, as it pertains to FGM. That would be Indiana, Maine, Nebraska, New Mexico and Washington. And so um, I just would say for our listeners who can hear us in those areas, um, maybe you want to visit endfgmtoday.com and see what is going on in your area. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is a senator that needs to undertake this, you know, as a bill that they would put their name on. And it's also so, encouraging anyway. that a lot of states have seemed like it they have something, you know. Yeah, that is encouraging. And, and, and I would, yeah, I mean, you know? I, I, I agree with that. I think that is encouraging. That's something that for us to say, okay, at least states are doing this. You know, there's another question that I have, but because we don't have Liz, I'd rather have um, an authoritative response on this. But mm-hmm. I, I do wonder um, if it's against federal law. Let me say this because it's against federal law, as I was reading, um, I'm wondering why states need to have those additional protections. I should have asked her that Uh, while we were on. I don't know that I've ever asked her that question. So anyway, maybe next time we'll ask her. Uh, Here's something that we didn't get to yesterday that Mm -hmm. I really wanted us to take up um, where we get our information from. Yeah. And what we believe about the information that we're consuming based on how we get that information. This was an interesting article that I read from uh, Breakpoint. Um, The Knowledge Lost in Information, written by John Stone Street and Shane Morris. And I alluded to it yesterday. We kind of talked about it just a little bit, but didn't really get to go in depth. So I'll try to do that with the remaining time that we have. And then also take some phone calls. Some of our listeners have an opportunity to respond to us as well. Um, So here's the information. Every single day, approximately. Now, think about this, okay, guys, just for a second here. I'm going to make a transition here. All right. Every single day. Approximately 500 million tweets are tweeted. 500 million tweets are tweeted. 4 million hours of video is added to YouTube. 4 million hours of video is added to YouTube. Every single day is what I'm talking about. (laughs) 4.3 billion Facebook messages are posted every single day. Okay. 4.3 billion Facebook messages are posted. (laughs) If a single person were to view all the information uploaded to the Internet just in the last 24 hours, it would take longer than the span of recorded human history. (laughs) Now, let me just pause there for a second, because when I read that's the opening line from this article. Okay, when I read that, I thought the fear of missing out that plagues so many Americans is a sickness. Cause there's, you're going to miss out. Like there's no way like this. That's the thing that makes social media so addictive because people have the fear of missing out. That's why people can't do anything before they pick up their phone to check and see what's the latest update. What, what could have happened. And I would like to say in the last eight hours that I was asleep, but (laughs) for many of you people, you know, it's in the last five to six, (laughs) what has happened in the last five to six hours. Okay, I have dinner with my family. What happened in that hour and a half? <laughs> Let me go check and see what it's doing. What's what's life doing? And why do we do that? Because we have this fear of missing out. There's going to be some breaking news. There's going to be some information that gets shared. Somebody's baby's going to walk. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs>
<laughs> and we will not have been a part of it. <laughs> and so think about it. If you are attempting to not miss out, you'd have to live several lifespans. Like you can't, you can't do it. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. With a beautiful message behind it as well. Amen. Like, beautiful story behind it as well. Welcome back. Man, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Cam. Welcome back to Aaron <laughs> the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Cam with Healer. Wonderful song. Wonderful yes, song. wonderful song. Hey, and go ahead. No. No? You no, no, you go ahead. Did I just step on you? It's a first ever, maybe, <laughs> in, in life, Did but I, I deserve it. I, I had it coming. It's okay. okay. It Tables was, have it turned. Was just a matter of time. <laughs> I want people to call in and say, Will, now let your wife speak now. <laughs> I want people to call in and say that. I want people to say, now, nah, listen, now, Will, you know, as the weaker <laughs> vessel, give her a minute, let her talk, <laughs> respect her, love her, cherish her, all the things. Anyways, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> go ahead. But I wanted to just make a few announcements. We are still gathering our listener uh, stories. Uh, this will be shared during our share If you have a, a, a story or something that the Lord has uh, used, maybe our program, you know, to speak to you about, we would love for you to call 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. And you'll be basically leaving a voicemail message of your testimony of what stood out to you or something that has really affected your life mm-hmm. and, uh, and sharing that. So that yeah, we would he- hear it and be encouraged uh, even during our share So that that's something that if, if you could just take time, you don't have to do it right now, but just take this number <laughs> down, 877-876-8893. Also, if you want to email us, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. And I also want to just throw out to you guys, um, we have been receiving some emails and some uh, correspondence about uh, homeschooling materials and resources. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, during what's going on now, you know, a lot of uh, families have been thinking about homeschooling, you know. And so we want to put together some resources of what our family, the Addisons used, uh, Abraham Hamilton the third, what his family used, and another family from our local assembly uh, so we have those resources available if you go to afa.net and when you hit on the tab that says resources there's mm-hmm. a there's a uh, tab that says that says homeschool resources and if you click on that it, it'll be a, a file that you can um, just check out some of the curriculum that we use and it may help to to jumpstart what you're wanting to it can be so do. overwhelming yeah it, just, it can be so it's just help just to help out you know yeah that's uh, a little, you're looking for resources guide. yeah that's just a right. little guide and so if you go to afa.net hit um the resources tab and then go to homeschool resources you can find the curriculums there I think so many um, families have seen this uh, moment as an opportunity to do something that they 
um, had wanted to do and felt yeah. like, man, I, I, that would really be nice to do, mm-hmm. but just didn't have the opportunity or even like the the good firm sort of like pat on the back, like go and do it. Right. And I think this moment in our country, you know, well, there's a combination of all kinds of things happening that make it a moment in our country where I think parents are saying, you know, I think not only I can do this, but I have to do this when I look at what's going on and what our kids could be returning to. Maybe not so much and mm-hmm. so in different areas, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I think largely there are a lot of people who are waking up and seeing some things that are way more sinister than they they imagined. Yeah. And I think that's what would describe the amount of contact that we have received from parents who are saying, OK, where do I start? Right. What What do right. you guys recommend? What do you use? And so uh, we wanted to kind of put our heads together and say, this is this is what you might explore. Right. Yeah. And there's tons of out. options. Oh, guys. that's way more than oh, what's my on goodness. this list. It is <laughs> it's so overwhelming. You know, I. But this I is what say, we use, you know, our, our family and like yeah, I said, these families, these families. Yes. And so uh, just a, a starting point and, mm-hmm. you know, to get you started. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, okay. Anyway, there's more that can be said about that. We're talking <laughs> about information, talking about information and how um, with the overconsumption of information, there is the loss of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> the overconsumption of That's information. Uh, yeah, it is because you assume <laughs> that because you're consuming more information that you have more knowledge. But according to Pew Research, that's just not true. Um, people make a mistake in assuming that a deluge of information means that we are better informed. <laughs> um, what is called by Pew Research as extremely online people, meaning those who rely primarily on social media for their political news, are among the least informed and most easily deceived groups in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just read that again. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, like since we're going to talk about it, let's talk about <laughs> it. All right. Um, what is described by Pew Research mm-hmm. as um, an extremely online person, meaning that that person re- relies primarily on social media for his or her political news. Um, Pew Research has found that that person is the least informed and most easily deceived um so are, are they saying that people they need to watch television news like the network and not get your news from online because that I don't poses know that a different problem. That is true. That <laughs> is true, my friend. I don't know that Pew Research is saying that because as you go on into the information, it seems to suggest that people who have a wide range of options as far as their news is concerned mm-hmm. are better informed. And also, I thought this was interesting. People who consume more of their local news are better informed and actually have more accurate information. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Interesting. Brett, your local guy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Could be whatever name you want. Just pick one. Guys, come on, loosen up. I don't I just seems like a news All right, whatever. Yeah. When evaluated on their current political knowledge, <laughs> those who turn to social media for news uh, scored lower than any other group except those who relied mainly on local TV. Those who relied on a variety of sources, including news websites, cable and print news scored the highest. Hmm. So it seems, and, and I, I, you know, I was thinking about this and, and I think the reason for that will the great mm-hmm. is because people who like cross reference news are skeptics. Hmm. I think people who are like, not just quick to post, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think people who are not quick to post, but are like, eh, let me check it out. Let me see. 
I think those are the people who have that desire to drill down, not just to get a reaction on their post. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, you, if we really want to be honest, that is the great temptation about the way information is shared today. Yes. Um, some of it is, and you would hope that much of it is, man, we need to be informed about this. That's, that's the desire that there is information that gets out there. But some people get caught up in, oh my goodness, look at how much people like my post. Mm. And so then the desire is not that accurate information gets out. Mm-hmm. It's just that the information that I'm putting out gets attention. Yeah. That people just talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? People yeah. are sharing it and, and those kinds of things. And I think that would probably speak to why people who tend to go to different sources, you know, um, tend to be they better have a wider informed. Range because, of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Of, of, I guess you have more outlets to, to choose from it and really find out what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Rather than I know that when one. you send, when you send me stories mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate this, you will send me a link to this one. And then this one, like this is okay. Here's another story where this is covered. Here's mm-hmm. another outlet. And then there are times you'll send me a story. You'll say, okay, someone passed this on to me, but I've mm-hmm. not vetted it yet. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I've not checked it to see if it's accurate. And I think we have to be, we've already done a show on this, but we have to be discerning yeah. about the information that comes across our desk, so to speak, yeah. not just it's, it came up in my newsfeed. So <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so it must be true, you're right. you know? And, and anyway, um, so, so let me continue on with this. This is really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, exclusive Facebook and Twitter users did score higher in their knowledge of conspiracy theories. and their knowledge of it or or in their adherence (laughs) they were not available for comment (laughs) don't talk to anybody interviewing them because they know you're trying to scan their brain i'm kidding listen um interesting (laughs) (laughs) oh family listen now not all theories, not all things that are, you know, accused of just being, you know, conspiratorial should be rejected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 people are getting together and conspiring to do something and it's a fact. Right. It's no longer theoretical. So some but, of these things are okay, real. Okay. Correct. So my question is, OK, Pew, um, <laughs> how are you yeah. leaning? Are you trying to get people not to? Check out sources that are not, um, you know, main main stream media. Well, can I can and, I tell you what they because a lot of those online sites yeah. are where you get some of the the truth, honestly, and not the fakery. Well, some of them, not not all what, of them. What but truth some of are them. you talking about, my friend? What, what I'm like, I just want to know. Saying, you, I would, what, okay, I would, ahead. I would go to somewhere online before I watch like CNN, Fox. Oh, or, yeah. You know, okay. so because I think you find more of the truth mm-hmm. <laughs> in some of these online places, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but I think if you're on a website where they're using bubble font, I think you have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I think if it's like I mean, they use the graffiti gear like yes. font, like I think I, I mean, I, I'm not going to. I'm I'm not yeah, I'm not sometimes gonna run the URL can, to our leadership can give with it away that. to like the name of the site. It's like, what is this? <laughs> you know, um look, I myself, I will say this. I I man, been, you know, <laughs> been, I started doing um radio and and got involved in activism um back in 2007 
in Louisiana. And then in 2008, we moved, you know, to our headquarters here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I have sent a couple emails where the response has been, uh, I think. Uh, Mika, that's the Babylon Bee. (laughs) (laughs) Mika, that's the Babylon Bee. It's a satire. But in my defense, it was never the Babylon Bee, okay? Because that, I mean, that's super obvious. Oh, um, man. You know, Anyways. and it was never the onion or anything <laughs> like that. It was like, you know, ABC, but it oh, was, but it was not like, the real one. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, your cousin Todd, who has like ABC.net, oh. you know what I mean? And and so you don't see that. And, and you're reading this story, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Did you guys, what are we going to do? Let's pull the trigger. We need an alert. And, and it's like, whoa, hold on. That's not the ABC. Um <laughs> And then what do you want to do? You want to crawl under your desk. Like, You're just like, bad. oh, they got me, you know? <laughs> want to get away? And so, yeah. <laughs> you do want to get oh, away. Oh, my goodness. And so you learn from that. You, you start to, you kind of you pull it back and, and you say, you know, some of the websites, again, and I'm... <laughs> If you're using bubble font, like that's that's going to be one of those things where, you know, and I'll tell you, my my greater concern mm-hmm. would be for those who consume information who are not technology natives. Mm-hmm. I think technology natives, meaning you've only known technology, tend to be a little more skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they tend to be a little more like you're not going to take advantage of me, where if you are not a technology native, OK, um, you didn't grow up. In this era where there's, you know, all of this technology and I would say information native, too, because we didn't always have access to all of this information. Our children and for some of um, some of us, our children's children are natives to this information. They've always been exposed to this. I think they tend to be sort of like it's everywhere. Now, the danger in that is that they pick and choose what they want to believe. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they (laughs) because they're surrounded by so much information. But I let me and let, let me ask you this. Let me, let me mm-hmm. phrase it as a question here. Okay. What do you think would be more dangerous to pick and choose what you want to believe or to just believe everything that Ooh, comes wow. up as information? Man, <laughs> both yeah. of those. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 None. Yeah, stop using that Bakersfield font. That Bakersfield, (laughs) that Bakersfield font will get you. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think one of the things, but again, I think this goes back to us talking about discernment. Now, before we run out of too much time, Mm -hmm. which we're right there, you asked the question of Pew Research. I'm going to give you the examples that they use, and then you tell me where you think they lean on this this article, okay? So again, back to this article, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, um, exclusive Facebook and Twitter users did score higher in their knowledge of conspiracy theories, such as 5G causing coronavirus. Ooh. I've heard that one. <laughs> go, go no, no, going. but that's not enough for me. Will the great have you believed? <laughs> not that one. I mean, ask you, but, you know, <laughs> I just I just want to know, you know what I'm saying? Have you believed since you heard it. Okay. Um, so that's one example. Okay. Or that Bill Gates was planning to inject people with tracking microchips. Now look. Man, look. I Hold be- up. Okay. <laughs> See that? Look, they say what they look. want. I believe. Uh, I guess Careful. I would. Okay. Just be- All right. I mean, you know, say it, but you know. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Nah, I, I mean, I believe that Mr. Gates is up to some no good stuff. I do too. I, I just don't know how want far it goes. All of your tinfoil hat to you show. Know. Yeah, just just I don't know just how show far the designer goes, logo on yeah, it. Yeah, he's done stuff in the past that has been proven. So look, hey. I, look, 
this is Miki's personal. You, I don't you know. Can, Pew kind of leaning, man. I, I, I mean, I would agree. <laughs> um, I don't trust Bill Gates and his desire, his rush to a vaccine. No, what qualifies him who designs software to talk to us about what right. we need to inject into our bodies? Exactly. Now you can you can call you can say oh well, there she is twittering. Uh-huh. Pew saying look see that one right there on the radio. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that's Turn off your five G. Turn off your five G. I'm just kidding, guys. That's a joke. I don't know. Um, good, good. Fifteen seconds, great. We're out of time <laughs> until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>